0: Okay so we go on to the to the intention as well Alhamdulillah Rabbil alamin yukafi UmaZida. was salam ali wa salam praise Allah praise it's worthy of beneficent bounties and favors the glorious magnificent Creator of everything in existence, and we ask our Lord Most High, the Exalted, to send copious and unlimited blessings and salutations upon our beloved Prophet Sayyidina Muhammad. <laughs> and we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we t- teach and learn, and we pay our respects to the elders past and present. So, if we continue, inshallah, um, in terms of the, the first intentions, how many intentions are there for being in the mosque? Twelve, mashallah, does dozen. So I'd say that 12 or a dozen. He says, Al-Niyatu ula Al-Imam, he says, Habib Muhammad, they, they call him Al-Habib Sa'ad bin Alawi bin Umar al aydarus Rahimahullah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nafa'ana bihi wa biikum, Allah anhu wa ankum. He says, al ula Yanwi al-Salaatu fi jama'ati wal-Muhafazata alayha, يحصل تضعيف الأجر والثواب كما جاء في الخبر عن أن نعطيك بالثواب رسول الله الوهاب صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال صلاة الرجل في الجماعة تزيد على صلاة وحده بسبعة وعشرين صلاة فينوي بجلوسه طلب المزيد So these are the intentions of what? Sitting in the masjid Or the prayer mat Should that be the case for the sisters in particular? He says on page 56 down the bottom and on the PDF, 49 on the PDF, he says, Intend to perform the prayer in congregation with muhafadah. And 35, he gives a definition of muhafadah, the footnote down there. Muhafadah of the is to have an attentive heart, actively listening, pure in its disposition to Allah, singular in its regard, of the sacredness of the time and complete in its sanctity. That's from Ittihaf Sadatil ال... So he says that's Muhafada, for the reward will be multiplied. It is reported in tradition by the one who utters truth, the envoy of the king and the bestower, Sallallahu Alaihi that the prayer of a person in congregation. Is equivalent to set to 27 prayers performed alone so intend by your sitting and waiting for your prayer to gain more so in terms of um, a person spending time in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as we spoke about as the Imam spoke about as the Habib spoke about in the first part of the book that one of the reasons for going to the house of Allah how many different intentions for going to the house of Allah eight mashallah so of those eight intentions one of them is to go and meet who in the house of Allah? Allah, yeah? Not our friends and BFFs and all that. To meet Allah in the house of Allah. Not literally to meet Allah, but figuratively, spiritually to meet Allah And the person who is the guest of the host, they'll be looked after. When When a guest, when a host invites you to their home, you know, they provide food and drink and and a place for you to sit, and a place where, if it's out, if it's hot, out of the sun; if it's windy, out of the wind; and if it's rainy, out of the rain; if it's snowy, it's something somewhere that's warm. And in our day and age, depending on where you are, but in first world, certainly, if it's hot, then the, you know you expect to have air conditioning or a fan or a cool drink with ice or whatever, whatever the case the case might be. So, in that same instance, when we look at the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that was just recited, that to go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pray in congregation, Allah, your life exponentially increases the, the, the rewards that one attains from going to the house of Allah. And that's exemplified in the Hajj that, we went, that people we went to, Allah ja'ala maqbun, inshaAllah Allah accept from them. So how many, one prayer in the Kaaba, in the, in the house of Allah, in the Haram al-Sharif, is worth how many prayers? Right? A hundred thousand. Why? Because it's the house, the house of Allah, and it's the mushaqah, the difficulty to get there, and the, the amount of people that are there, and the other, the other difficulties, and because Allah's karim, Allah's generous, and he wants to give to those that visit his house. What about in the in the um the haram al-Madani in the in the in the haram of the Prophet? How much is the prayer worth there? Thousand. Yeah, so it's worth a thousand there. Right? But the difference being that. Hadratul Nabi Muhammad is there. Right? Why? Because of the again, the traveling to see the Prophet of Allah. What about Turaqat? Because we always forget about the third, the third house of Allah, the, the one that comes third. Turaq'at in the in, in, Majid, in Majid al-Aqsa, how much is it worth? Five hundred. It's Forgiving all your sins. Whoever prays Turaq'at sincerely. In Bayt al-Maqdis, in, in Majid al-Aqsa, all their sins are forgiven, just for two rakat, just for two rakat. So, because of the 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 sharaf, the the um, the nobility of that place, the nobility of of of, uh, of those houses of Allah Azawajal, the different houses of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and of course the the energy that that one has to expend to get to those particular places. And of course, that's for non resident in particular. So he says that a person in sitting in the house of Allah, not the actual performance, yeah, he's sitting in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or she's sitting in the house of Allah, that a person should make the intention to be joining the. the um, ويح, ومح, So in his description of muhafada, I, I think it's a little bit different, the meaning personally. I think the way that it reads in Arabic, saying that he, he's not to perform. So the muhafada of the salat here that he defines in, in footnote 35, muhafada of the salat generally, okay? So the muhafada of the salat, absolutely. This should always be the state of one's fast, of one's afwan, one, a salat, is to have an attentive heart, actively listening, pure in disposition to Allah, singular in regard to the sacredness of the time. And, and complete in its sanctity, that's irrespective of jama'ah or not jama'ah. Does, does that make sense? But here in Arabic, it says "yann w a salatu fiq jamatin wal muhaafaza alayha." Meaning, the muhaafaza not on the salat, but on the salat al-jama'ah. because it's mudafu mudafy in the Arabic. You know, so um, the con- the connotation is that one should muhaafaza um, is to is that Muhafada ala Salat bil Jama'ah? The Muhafada about prayer in congregation. In other words, one, having a constant atten- intention that they pray duhur, that their intention is, I'm going to come to Asr, inshallah, pray in the masjid, or pray in Jama'ah, as the case it might not be in the masjid because it might be a musallah, it might be someone's garage, it might be your own home, but with, because there's no mosque close, and we live in different circumstances, it's not a Muslim country where. You know, the, the mosques are very, very close and the musallas are very, very close. But it's the the, the prayer in congregation. That's what Salat al-Jama'ah. al Muhafada that a person is, Hafada is to to protect it or to be um, al-Ghira, to be cautious about, it's not quite cautious either. Al-Ghira is, is to be, is, is to have that devotion towards it. Right, to have that, that commitment that I'm going to pray all my prayers in congregation. That's al muhafaza, The commitment to pray all prayers in congregation. And then for the sisters, that would mean if they're not going to the masjid because it's not the sunnah for them, then on their, their prayer mat, they've either made a mosque, they've even made a masjid by making it waqf, or it's a musallah by just praying on it all the time and going to that spot and focusing and praying. One one will gain multi- a multiplied reward. The reward will be multiplied. And as it comes on the Prophet Sami said, Rajul, bi salatin. So he says that the prayer of a person in congregation is equivalent and actually he says here rajul, and the word rajul when we look at it, it doesn't just mean a male, doesn't just mean a man, it means Someone who can carry responsibility. It's the, the status of someone who's mukallaf, as they say. Someone who has the capacity, someone who's, um, who has full mental capacity and they have a physical capacity and they are baligh, they're pubescent. So that, a person who's in that category can, can be that. And it carries responsibility, legal responsibility. Generally it's about men. Generally it's about men. But And in this hadith, the connotation would be about men because the, the sunnah is for the men to pray, except if someone is um, Hanbali. The, the, Ahmed's madhab says it's fard for a man to pray in the masjid, and there's conditions about it if it's, if it's close and et cetera, et cetera. But the rest sunnah, or under shafi'i fard kifaya, which means, as we mentioned last week, that it's a obligation upon the community, that if some members of the community don't pray in jama'ah, then the whole community is sinful. So he says... it. So it, it's increased, is equivalent to 27 prayers performed alone. Or, I mean, there's heaps of different ways that the scholars have said it. It's 27 times the reward, or it's worth 27 prayers. And there's another way there's another narration for the Prophet that says 25. So the scholars said, How come the Prophet said 25 in one? and 27 in other. They're both sahih. And then um, the scholars say, well, the 27 is when it's hard to go to the masjid. What are the two hardest salat on the munafiqeen? Fajr and Isha, right? So Fajr, because it's people sleeping, you know, the, the dawn is just just cracked and the sun's not up. And so people, the munafiqeen, they have trouble. And so the the, the, the scholars say that's their interpolation of it and the Isha. 'Cause a person in Isha, it's dark, they're already at home, had their shower, whatever, and there's you know, sometimes one becomes lazy and is not so inclined to go to the masjid. So that's what the scholar said, that it could be that the twenty seven times is for the Fajr and Ishah, and then the twenty five for the others. But there's a lot of different explanations they give, but that's a popular one that you that you that you regularly hear. So does that mean that if you go and pray the masjid in the masjid you have to pray for five days because you get twenty seven times the salat or not? No, it doesn't mean that. It means the reward is 27 times the reward. Not that every time you pray in the moment. That would be easy. You just go to Makkah, you pray one. Yeah. Pray one, one father that's it's 100,000. <laughs> that's it. You probably have, I don't know how many prayers there are in a lifetime, but if you worked it out, I'm sure it wouldn't be 100,000. But it might be. It wouldn't mean two prayers, 200,000. But it doesn't work that way. This is about the reward. It's about the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, He says, Intend by your sitting, and waiting for your prayer to gain more, what? To gain more reward, right? To gain of those, to gain of the rewards that are attached to congregational prayers. Okay, to gain of the rewards that are attached to congregational prayers. Okay. And then he says well, ابو call رضي الله عنه خطب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على المنبر وكانت اخر خطبته خطبة, خطبه خطبها قال يا ايها الناس من صلى الْخَمْسَ في, في, في الجماعة حيث ما كان في اوقاتها جاز على الصراط اللامع في أول زمرة من السابقين وجاء يوم القيامة وجهه كالقمر ليلة البدر وكان له بكل يوم حافظ عليها فيه أجر أجر قتيل في Says Abu Huraira there on 57 the second paragraph Abu Huraira الله May Allah be pleased with him, said the Prophet ﷺ, 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 gave a sermon from the minbar, from the pulpit, which was the last sermon he gave. And he said, O people, whoever prays the five prayers in congregation, oh fine, excuse me, wherever he may be in their prescribed times, will be amongst the first to cross the sirat. So he gives a definition of, of sirat in footnote 36. The Sirat is a narrow bridge over the Hellfire. It is described as being sharper than a sword and finer than a hair. The non-believers will slip from it by the will of Allah Almighty and will fall into the Hellfire, whereas the feet of the believers will remain steadfast. So we described the Sirat Mustaqim previously. Can anyone recall other qualities or characteristics of that Sirat? It's a good for the, you know. Right. So it's as thin as a sword, but it becomes wider for the believers. What else? What about how long is it? It's, okay, so it's over the hellfire. Yep. It's 500 years up. So it's five hundred years up. Five hundred years travel across. Five hundred years across. Five hundred years, years down. So it's five hundred, as we may understand it today, light years. Five hundred years travel, whatever that that is. So I don't know how far. What's the closest star? How many how many light years? Anyone know? Four. 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 How far away is it? Do we know? So the closest star is only four, and that's 500. So yeah. that's, it's meters per metres per second, right. But that's metres per time. second, yeah. but they don't measure it in kilometres? big a number, wow. All right, so that's only four to the closest star, meaning a star other than the sun, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. It's got a number. I remember reading about it one time. They haven't got a name for it, they've got like a number for it or something. Yeah, they don't, they don't give them names. Yeah. yeah. Some, some have names because like the Arabs give them names. So They're just like the letters in them. Alright, so that's only... F- the next sun is only four light years away. which is And it's too long, as the brothers were saying. It's too long to measure in kilometres, so they measure it in light years. It's four. The first part of the surat is 500 light years. And then across is 500 light years. And so... This star is farther away than Pluto, isn't it? Right? It's in another galaxy, isn't it? It's not in the solar system. So it's not in our solar system, but it's in our galaxy. All right. I don't really understand that, but that's what it is for those who do understand it. Right? So, like, in other words, what it is is that our sun has got those planets around it. That other star is like our sun, and it's got other planets around it. That's four light years. That's four years. This is 500 just for one up, one down. What other qualities of it? There will be hooks that drag. Yeah, there'll be hooks that come up from the hellfire and grab people. (laughs) Yeah, all right, they fall off, the people that... Allah is is it displeased with and lost cases. Does it take 1,500 years to travel across the pillar? Yes, yeah, 1,500, 500, 500. So people will be like traveling at light speed, will no, That's no, what so he no. says here, only the believers. How, what's the, what's there? In the Hadith, yeah, some travel faster than that, so they'll be there in the blink of the light. Split second. Some go like a lightning strike, some will be like a, really quick running. And others will be dragged have on their seated. faces. Yeah, so what else? There's dark, it's pitch black. It's pitch black. What lights it up? No. No. Oh, what lights it up? Wudu. The wudu that you make, that'll be like the light, like how many lumens, thousand lumens, or whatever. That's what it'll be. So the wudu that you have, that you make, that's why the Abu Hurairah, Allah where it is to make his wudu to? His armpit. And then almost to his knee. Yeah? Because he wanted to have more light on the sirat to pass. That's that's the sirat. So? Do every time. Nah? Do a every time. If you got the time, yeah. why not? What's his name? Um, Imam Bukhari, he used to do ghusl every time he narrated a hadith, he used to do ghusl. So why not do ghusl? All right, so he said, the Hadith says, O people, whoever prays the five prayers in congregation, wherever he may be in their prescribed times, will be amongst the first to cross the Sirot. Okay? The first people to cross 500 years up, 500 light years up, 500 light years across, 500 light years down, and like a flash of lightning. In other words, instantaneous. In other words, (coughs) that person will cross instantaneously across the Sirot. In the, in the group of the foremost. In other words, because the people, what's on, what, on one side of the Sirat, in other words, this side of the Sirat, what's going on? Okay? Judgment day. And what's on the other side of the Sirat? Jannah and the hold of the Prophet, and all these things. So, why is it so important to be amongst the foremost? <inaudible> be the why, but what's what's going on on this side? Yeah, right. You don't know what's going. You don't. You know. Are you in or you out? Am I in or out? Have I made it or am I going to suffer? And what's happening on this side of the sirot meaning this closer to this world? Yeah, sweating. People chewing the nails off to their armpits. Kids, their hair's going grey. Women that are pregnant, they're losing their children. People's faces falling off. Exactly. The sun's right there. Everyone's naked too, but no one knows it's anyone else's nudity because they're they're so perturbed and so worried and so scared. So which which would you want to hang out there for a little bit, take a number, mm-hmm. or would you rather be in the first group to go like lightning? So it's not just about making it. I don't even like to wait at traffic lights. Yeah, and sitting in the car, air conditioned, whatever else probably have something on, music, whatever, or you're on the phone talking to someone, Bluetooth, all legal and everything. And you don't even like to wait in a traffic jam. How about waiting when, When you know, and there's like this creature that just reaches in amongst the groups of people and just flings them, this, on the, this side of the sirat, just flings them into the hellfire, just reaches in to the people waiting and flings them into the hellfire. Flings them so there's, you're not safe, in other words. The person on this side is not safe. So of course one would rather be in the first group. Of course one would be in the, the first group because they know they're safe then. So that's the that's the significance of it. In the group of the foremost, and he will come on the day of judgment with a face like the full moon, and it will have for each day which he had mahafadah in his prayer, the reward of one killed in the way of Allah. See so again, when the Muhafada is again, because about the jama'ah, I think it's. Uh, he says, because the hadith says, <laughs> Then he says, <laughs> Yeah, the the commitment to it, right, and the consistency with it. All right. So he says that Abu Huraira related that hadith the Prophet gave his service a sermon, which is his last sermon. He gave and he said, O people, whoever prays the five times prayers in command the five prayers in congregation, wherever he may be, in their prescribed times. So that's that's an important thing to to note. Because in the in the Kitaban, malkuta. So there's two faridah. There's two far, there's two obligations of the prayer. Who knows what they are? Two, every prayer has two obligations to it. Yeah, they're, they're the shurutus salat, those ones. But the farida itself, the obligation, the farida. The, right? Farida has to be in its prescribed hour. Yeah? So, in other words, maghrib's already passed. So if I was to pray maghrib now, would it be accepted? Right? Okay. Exactly. What's the other aspect I have to have or anyone has to have for their prayer to be accepted? That's the shuru yeah. That's the preconditions, but the faraid? To it. Right, to actually perform it as prescribed. That's with all the things you're all mentioning. The shuru the sitra, know where the qibla is, be clean, have a place that where you're praying is clean, know that the times come into effect, all those other things you mentioned, and read the Fatiha properly, do ruku' properly, do sujood properly, do qiyam properly all the different aspects of it. So one is the actual performance, a valid performance of the prayer, and the other one is in its prescribed hour. So that's what's mentioned. That's how precise the Prophet of Allah was in his in what he says. He says, Whoever prays the five prayer in the congregation, wherever he may be, in their prescribed times. So not delaying. So particularly Maghrib, we think Maghrib is like from whatever it was today, 46 or something. Yeah? 5.46, we think it's up to the time of Isha at 7.15. It's not. It's only maximum half an hour, maximum 35 minutes. That's it. So we can't delay our maghrib to the time of Isha. Or fajr, that's like saying praying fajr before Dhuhr. It doesn't work. Once the sun, once the, the one part of the sun comes above the horizon, that's it, fajr time's finished. It's over. It's gone. So that that's the other aspect of it in its prescribed times, it will be amongst the, four, the first to cross a sirat like a flash of lightning. Gone. In the group of the foremost, which we already discussed, and he will come on the day of judgment with a face like the full moon. Whose face is like the full moon? Sallallahu <laughs> alaihi wa sallam, the Prophet. So he'll come with a, with a very, very high status. Because, right, people want to be recognized. Everyone wants to be recognized. How are people recognized today? What's the, how do how do people get status today? Influences, yeah. they influences, likes. How many fr- Facebook friends, how many this friends, and how many of that friends? What is it? Snappy, how many snappy? Do you have friends on Snappy or not? Is this is there friends on it? So you have followers, whatever. All right. That's how people rate themselves. That's how others rate each other. Like when they're talking about somebody, they're making they're writing an article about someone's level of expertise in a particular field. Oh, this person has. This many followers, meaning, whoa, they're pretty, you know, heavy duty. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty. And on the Day of Judgment, and, and what day do you think it's any different? Do you think it's any different on the Day of Judgment? It, they, everyone wants to, know, wants to be known for what they did. And it, and then it's permanent, not just like something that's not even real on a liquid crystal display screen. Fake. It's real then. Allah is declaring that person so and so. And what's the what's the symbol of it on that day? It's the face. It's the face. other one is uh, there's so many different verses about how the faces will give away. they it'll give the description away. Musfirah. There's so many different verses and about their faces, they're black Alayha Ghabara. You know, that they've got dust. Black faces and white faces. You know, Allah is saying that these people who have earned the status, everyone's going to know on that day. Everyone's going to know. That that person, there'll be people calling out. So and so did this and so and so did that and so and so successful. And it won't be just, you know, some fake thing on some fake thing on a fake thing on a fake thing. It'll be all of the creation since the time of Sidon and Adam to the last person that came to earth will be there to witness. So of course people want status. That's the nature. That's, that's how we are. We like these things. So th- that's the status on that day, that their faces will be like the floor. Everyone will know, man, this, wow. What did this person do? And even... Even some people, when their faces are so white, like the full moon, the prophets will ask, Who's this person? What did that person do? Wait a minute, I'm a prophet. Why is that person's face so bright? And there's heaps of them. we've discussed many of them, but there's heaps of things that people do, like loving someone for the sake of Allah, like meeting someone, their hands, you know, shaken when they leave, all the different things, the different virtues of doing that. So that's that's the status. Faces like the full moon. And he will have for each day which he had muhafadah, uh, in other words, commitment, consistent commitment to the prayer and congregation, the reward of one killed in the way of Allah. Uh, that's a big deal. In other words, the reward of a mata. I don't know why he put one killed in the way of Allah. But the reward of a mata, a shaheed. Yeah, that's the reward. What's the reward of a shaheed? Who knows the reward of a shaheed? Shaheed gets whatever they want. The shaheed, the one who's sincere when they they give themselves for Allah Azawajal. And no one can be a shaheed just like people say, yeah, I want to die in the path." No, no, Habibi. It doesn't work that way. One has to live for Allah, for Allah to grant them death for Allah. Yeah, one of the sahaba was fighting in the battle. He was poor. He was fighting in the battle. I can't remember. He he took something and he hid it from the battlefield. I can't remember what it was because the word, it's a very specific word about a very specific thing in Arabic language. And then has a definition, I forget what the definition is. Anyway, he went and he hid that thing. Right? Then he died on the battlefield. And they said, isn't he? And the Prophet said he's in the hellfire. Of course. Because that he's not entitled to go and take something from the battlefield until it's all gathered and it's divided by the Prophet of Allah. So it's not that you can live one way and then die one way. that's That's not how Allah lets things happen. One has to live for Allah if they're going to die for Allah. If one doesn't live for Allah, Allah won't grant them that. Allah won't grant them. He made it some, you know, maybe some freaky situation. Someone had a hard childhood and a hard life and never had the opportunity. Maybe. But not for those who know. Not for those who know. So the reward of the shaheed, the true shaheed, the only shaheed, is when they when they reach Allah, Allah says, do you want all the pleasures of Jannah Or do you want to just hang out with me? That's the reward of the shaheed. And they all choose to hang out with Allah. They live in the arsh of Allah, the shuhadet, the spirit, forever, for eternity. They live in the arsh because they they made the ultimate sacrifice for Allah. They get the person who is consistent in their commitment to praying in congregation. For every day they were consistent in their commitment to praying in congregation, they get the reward of the shaheed. On a day of judgment. يص ين نجد في التوراه ان الصلاة, صلاة العبد ان صلاة العبد لا تضعف في الجماعه كعدد, كعدد من كعدد من يش, يشدها الا كان الف الف الف, ألف فالف daraja you should do alpha alpha degrees. He says that the it's written. Waqal Kaab. He says that it's written in the Torah. Kaab said, we find in the Torah that a prayer, which is the book of the of the Jews, that a prayer of a servant is multiplied in in congregation according to the number of those attending. When there is a thousand, then it is by one thousand degrees. That's pretty self-explanatory. The bigger the congregation, the more rewards that that one gets. And there's a hadith about that that Allah loves. Uh, two people playing in congregation, more than four people praying individually. That I lost. loves four people praying in a congregation, more than eight people praying individually. Allah Azawajal loves eight people in congregation more. So there's hadith about that as well. And he says, and then he says, "We call a shabi." a shabi? A He says, "في الجماعة, الجماعة خصال اتباع السنة وتضعف الثواب." So he says, uh, Sha'ab, he says, that there are four benefits in the congregation. First one is following the sin of the Prophet The multiplication of the reward as we just heard, uh, emerging from forgetfulness. Alright, so it's a khiruj. In other words, one benefit, she doesn't become or she doesn't become neglectful or forgetful Sahu. and then the last one is being free from ostentation so th- this is one of the scholars he's saying that the person who's constantly involved with the congregation in other words praying in congregation firstly they'll be of the followers of the Prophet of the Sunnah because like, we, like we've said previously and I, I've never heard it I've asked many many scholars about it there's there's not one narration about the Prophet of salalam praying any farad prayer on his own there's not what doesn't mean it didn't happen but there's not one narration that it did happen that he prayed by himself so that's the sunnah then he says what and exponentially increasing one's reward right and we spoke about it previously that if a person walks to the house of Allah every step what happens every step they take to the house of Allah Allah increases them a level, right? And what else? Forgives one of their sins. What else? And gives them a good deed. And what's the level that Allah's talking about? The level is between what and what? Between the, the distance between the earth and the sky. That's every step. Allah elevates the person in Jannah, that distance, between the earth and the first sky. So that's part of the Thawab. That's part of the the uh, multiplying of the reward and emerging from forgetfulness. Yeah, has never happened to you before when you said, I'm going to pray, and then something happened and you did something, and then you did I pray or I didn't pray? Or maybe the time finished and you went to the next time, didn't pray. But a person who's consistent in their commitment in praying in Jama'ah, how's that going to happen? It's impossible. It won't happen because they're consistent in that commitment to praying in congregation. And the last one, Because it's hard to go to the mosque regularly. In other words, one won't be ostentatious and I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, because the coming and going and the preparation, it's not easy. Especially in our day and age, if you want to go to the mosque, at least looking at 20 minutes to get, doesn't matter how close you live, looking at 20 minutes to get there, you've got to find a park, you've got to go, you've got to come, you've got to come back. It's almost an hour round trip. Yeah? So that's Fadl. Oh, I know that. I'm an old man like that. I think another reason for it is you don't even come see him, you don't even get to see him. So oh, this never home. A a So, they're the, they're the rewards. They're the things that the, the khisal, They're the, the qualities or the characteristics that are built inside a person who's consistent with that. And like we said, for the sisters, it's the same. If you have a place in your house where you've got a, a mat, a prayer mat, and you either intend it to be a waqaf, which is a Um, it's an endowment for Allah that you're only going to use it for prayers and reading Quran and for dhikr and dua and things, knowledge and those things and you do that, you get the same reward you get the same reward and if you drive your car, same thing, it's like the steps that you take, ride your bike skateboard, scooter whatever else, whatever mode of transport you use to get there, for every mode that's it and there's a secret in it there's a hadith that says, whoever prays 40 days, 40 days, all their prayers in congregational prayer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that person a wisdom that is undefinable. It's from, straight from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will give that person a wisdom that they've never had, that no one else can, no one else can know. And then there's also the, the the thing we suffer from as first world people, that we uh, we can't concentrate for very long. Our focus, you know, what is it? What's our, what's our concentration span now? What's the official figures? Max, probably three
1: minutes. Three minutes, whatever it is, right?
0: It's meant to be 12 plus your age. Really? 12 minutes plus Right? So our attention spans are so short, so we have, we have trouble concentrating in our prayers. If a person is praying on their own and they're not concentrating in their prayer, Allah gives it a rank. Yeah, from 1 to 10. The hadith is all making it up. There's a hadith right gives it a rank and if the rank is bad worse than 0 like someone who comes to class for example no studying no revising for example right this is what the hadith says this, the the salat gets turned into a rag and thrown like a dirty rag and thrown into that person's face and they're praying it's not a person who's not praying it's a person who's praying and according to one's concentration then a person's. But if you're going to Jama'ah, if you're praying congregation, then khalas, your salat's accepted. That's the difference. Even if you don't concentrate for one second, your salat's accepted. So that means in your house, if you've got that prayer mat, set it up so you can have that intention. Persistence is easy. Easy. Always complaining, oh, how come we can't do this? Well, here's the easy one. It's a, it's a what do they call it? Easy, Easy goal or whatever. Fruit. Yeah, okay. low hanging fruit, whatever you want to call it, right? It's an easy one. Leave it there. Put a mat. Don't use it for anything else except that which is about Allah Azza wa And every time you go there, your salat will be accepted. A it work. Take it with you. Isn't it a prayer mat? Yeah, so Take it with you. Of course, you got. You get the benefit of that because women are not expected to go to the house of Allah Azza wa Take it with you. It's the actual mat itself. Yeah, yeah. Take it with you. Therefore, don't make it a big one you've got to lug around like a swag. Make it one that, you know, is reasonable that you can just carry it with you, fold it up or whatever it is in your bag or whatever the case. We'll have two. Have one for your house and have one for travel. Of course it is. They're all walk-off. You can have as many as you want. off. So have two. Have one that's just you can fold it up, put it in your handbag with the other millions of things you got in there. Right? Or in your backpack or your work bag or whatever it might be. And then one at home that is like special that you've spent good money on that's handmade wool or whatever, whatever, it's up to you. Do whatever you have to do. Of course you can do that. That's, the, that's what knowledge gives you. That's why the hadith says that the, um, the scholar or the, the alim who's asleep is, is more excessive and more harsh on the shaitan than a thousand worshippers. Because even in the, the alim, his sleep or her sleep, the educated person, they sleep, then they're sleeping on Sunnah. They know what they're doing. When the time to sleep, etc., etc., and what they did before and after, and why they're sleeping, what their intention is in sleeping. Whereas the Abid does whatever. So that's the benefit in our deen that if you when you know something, of course you've got to take advantage of it. Of course, you know, you've got to leverage it so you get the most rewards out of it. That's that's what Allah wants from us to get those benefits. So ma'am. So Rasulullah Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. Are there any questions about any of those things? No? Yeah, Tadduh. Yeah, for each of like, the muhafada in the prayer, does it mean like... Each... So muhafada ala jama'ah, the consistency um, and the commitment to praying in congregation. So uh, does that mean like the reward of one in the way of Allah like in he's going to have a day like where he gets the reward in Jannah? Or, like each day the murafada, he gets the muhafada, he gets Yes, the same reward as the shaheed. Yep, every day. So, in other words, let's say he did a thousand days, he gets the reward of a thousand shaheed. For a thousand days, or is it for a th- oh, no, no, it's eternal reward. But the reward is in a, is in the same capacity. The reward that person who's consistent in their commitment to the jama'ah, the reward for them, they get the the exact number of rewards that the shaheed would get. No, you can't say that. You can't say that. They're two separate things. So one is like we said, if someone goes to the house of Allah to the Kaaba and they pray a hundred thousand, you can't say, you can't say that one prayer worth a hundred thousand is better than praying a hundred thousand rak'at You can't say that. But Allah is because Allah is so generous, he's saying if you do this thing because I'm so happy with you doing that thing, I'm gonna give you that much reward. So it's like you work on a public holiday. Yeah, and you get double time and a half. On a normal day, you only get whatever twenty bucks an hour. On a public holiday, it's fifty dollars an hour. It's you can't say one's better than the other, but because it's more difficult and people you know don't want to work, and so they give you their penalty rates and you get double time and a half. So, man. Another question. Told like uh, in general, can you like disobey Allah or is it like that's a good question. So the question is, in Jannah can you disobey Allah? No, you can't. Because whatever you want in Jannah, لا ممنوعين لا La مَمْنُوعٍ, مَمْنُوعٍ, ولا مَ... لا ولا ممنوع In other words, مقتوع, nothing you're going to ask for except you're going to get it. And there's no ممنوع, there's nothing you can't do. So whatever, I don't want to get into it, I don't want to, but whatever lewd and disgusting and, and whatever thing you want to do, it's halal, do it. You want to drink alcohol you can drink it there you want to eat I don't know why you want to eat pork but if you wanted to you could eat it there and it's all halal everything's halal in Jannah so like, um, like- otherwise it wouldn't be Jannah yeah if you weren't if so just think of it that way whatever thing you want to do however lured or however unlued whatever it is however disgusting it is if you want to do it, you can because if you weren't allowed to do it it won't be Jannah you won't. what's the use of not doing it in this world That's why they say the person who drinks alcohol in this world, it's a hadith, whoever drinks alcohol in this world won't be allowed to drink alcohol in the the next world. Because the reason, one of the reasons, there's many, many reasons, but one of the reasons Allah is giving us that in the next world is because we didn't do it in this world. How is like the Shaitan able to disobey Allah? Where? No, he was kicked out. saying... Is there sort of arch opposing rules where that person is not so the shaitan when he didn't prostrate he was kicked out already? The Sayyidina Adam lived in Jannah. We say that the later on, and then until they ate from the the tree, they were living in Jannah, but he wasn't living but he he's a jinn. So he came inside you know as they say, Laba. there's like so many different riwayat about it, but jinns are shapeshifters and they can Possess something and go inside it. and that's what he did. That's how he gets to us as well. Now and then. So, like he was in Jannah, but he wasn't in, in Jannah like properly. No, he was, but then he got booted. But then he came. Then he came in a form of something else. He came. He possessed another creature that's allowed to come into Jannah, and he came into Jannah that way. He snuck in, if you like. Yeah, so, um, what I'm saying is, can so that's he get booted in the same way that Shaitan did. No, no, no. That's different. So the question is, can we get booted the same way shaitan did? At that time, it was a test. So when Allah created the, the jinns and Allah created the human beings, it's a test. But when the world finished, there's no more test. When the Israfil blows in the trumpet, it's all over. After then, it's accountability, that's judgment day, and then it's the, the, eternal pleasure or eternal pain. One of the two. Because before like, the... There wasn't a rule that you can't disobey God because even said that the of man disobeyed God anyway. That's the cliff. That's what we're saying. So when Allah created the jinns and we created the ins, we got that option. We got the choice. We got the choice. And even shaitan doing that is by the order of Allah. Don't think that anything happens, good or bad, without the order of Allah. Remember, we talked about will. You got it, or you have to repeat it? Got it. Are you sure? Can you explain it? The will. It makes things happen, but it's our choice. Exactly, mashaAllah. Alright, so that has to be the case. Otherwise, how are we going to get judged? If we're forced to do everything by Allah, then there's no judgment. I'll say, Allah, you know, I wouldn't, but you know, someone would would say to Allah, what do you mean I'm getting, you're judging me for what you decreed upon me? You're the one who made me do that. You forced me, Allah. How are you going to judge me? But Allah doesn't force. Someone wants to murder someone. That's on them. Allah will allow that to happen because that's what they want to do. That's their will. Tamam. Good question, Mashallah. Any other questions? About anything else, doesn't matter? i no. was اسألك يا رحمٌ الرحمين أن تجعلنا متابعين لسيد الأنبياء والمرسلين سيد محمد لا إله إلا الله سلَّم وأزكِّ التسليم بإحسانٍ يا رحمٌ الرحمين وبصدقٍ يا رحمٌ أسألك أن توفِّقنا لما تحب وترضى وأن تثبِّتنا عليه وتباركتنا فيما شيخنا وتجعل من كل تعلٍ النبي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وتعيد علينا من بركاته منواره ونفحاته وأسراره معلومهم وأن تغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولوالد والدينا ولوالد والذين سبقونا بالإيمان Ya Allah, we ask you to bless us and bless this place and bless those who gathered here and those who facilitated our gathering here, Ya Allah. We ask you to put in their lives, Ya Rahman Rahimin, all types of blessings and all types of barakat and all types of anwar, all types of enlightenment, Ya Allah, and physical and mental and spiritual and emotional enlightenment, Ya Allah, so they can perform that which pleases you, Ya Allah, and they can be firm on that, and they, can, they can be consistent in that. Makes of those people that get that reward, Ya Allah, of those people who pray in congregation, whether it's sisters in the homes of the brothers in the houses of Allah and your houses, Ya Allah, Ya Allah we ask you to make us of those who follow the Prophet in the most excellent manner and make us of those people, Ya Allah, that are, that, that are a cause for the, for, for the guidance of those around us, Ya Allah, we ask you to accept us and accept them.